host, Jeff Blanchard, and my uh, Ip Man co-host, <laughs> Dylan yeah. Orr. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Jeff. I'm going to teach you Wing Chun. Yeah. I remember the name of that. Buddy Wing Chun tonight. <laughs> oh, is that where it comes from? I don't know. I, I mean... Uh, drawn parallels I mean that movie we're jumping into it we're not jumping into it right now but yeah. it surprised me a lot Chun in the song right yeah yeah. I don't know if that's a dialect thing I don't know I don't know what that song meant anyway so. it's like a I don't know it's just like a weird racist parabola yeah because it's, like it's not kung fu fighting yeah or uh, turning Japanese, yeah. also yeah, not the same songs, but <laughs> yeah, all at the same. Came out around relatively the same time, maybe late eighties. Kung Fu yeah. Fighting might have come out earlier. Um, yeah, uh, uh, we did. Uh, we've done a couple uh, martial arts movies in a row. Yes. Um, did you choose? Did you do that on purpose when we? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. We watched Kung Fu Hustle in the last episode, and I was like, I'd like to see like a serious Kung Fu movie with like good, Fair. like I just want to see some good martial arts choreography, which that did have some. I was like, I want to see some in a serious setting, and um, I chose Ip Man this time because I just heard about it recently, and then I realized just four movies of this, I should start watching this. And I had heard about it a long time ago, like, this movie kicks ass. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't watching. realize it was, I think I heard, like, fairly recently it was based on a real guy. <laughs> like I did not know that until after the movie ended. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah. was weird. So, no, it, it's Bruce Lee's teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And that did influence, I don't know, should we get into the movie right now, yeah, I guess? Why, why not? Might yes. as well. And okay. martial arts movies in general, I guess. Uh, they've been around since we were kids, and they've been really, I don't know, important, I guess? I mean... Yeah, my dad was a, a big Bruce Lee fan. Maybe because his name was also Bruce, and he just needed a cool Bruce to look up to. Um, the boss. Hell yeah, that's true, yeah. And he's not a huge Springsteen fan, though. Yeah. Um, but they are from the same area. Hmm. So I don't know why he went with the Bruce Lee route. He liked the movies too a lot yeah. when he was a child. And yeah, their Bruce Lee movies were probably popular back then. Um, but yeah, the kung fu movies. Oh, I I've watched a few Bruce Lee movies, and you know the spoofs. I can't think of any other specific ones off the top of my head. I've seen. Have you seen My Name Is Bruce? No. Oh, I've seen Enter the Dragon. Um, right. The Bruce Lee. And um, um, the one where he fights uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I have seen, yes. I've at least seen the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scene. Yeah. I know we talked about it on another episode, but he fights uh, Chuck Norris in one of the... Right. I've never scenes. seen that one, but I, I've heard about it. It's legendary status. Uh, and he's had a weird... He had a weird tragic death along with his son who had a also tragic death yeah brandon lee's death um have we ever talked about the crow before but um no i don't think so uh, i've yeah. seen it i've seen yeah, me too 
I think maybe all the sequels in one of those weird Halloween runs. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen like maybe the third one or something. I've seen some terrible sequel that was on UPN one night. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, the crow definitely influenced my like uh, high school <laughs> persona. He's very goth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was what's how did Bruce Lee die? He died. Uh, uh, some people think he was assassinated by like martial artist who had this weird like. Whoa. Have you ever seen Kill Bill? No, not that. Oh, okay. one. No. Well, in Kill Bill, there's like a move that she does that like stops someone's heart later on, and somebody supposedly did that to him. Whoa. Uh, there's another thing where people thought he just had a hypersensitivity to a certain um, medication he was taking. Um, I might have heard that. I think I have heard that before. Yeah. I did a report about him a long time ago. Oh, cool. And I watched, like, there are, like, four different documentaries about him. Uh, weird. And there's also that, that like, made-for-TV, or not made-for-TV, but, like, biopic type of thing where somebody else plays him and he gets injured and, like, put in traction and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, like... I remember in Enter the Dragon, he was in that big body brace thing. Like, yeah, he put himself through some stuff. Yeah. And, and My Name is Bruce was a uh, spoof of movies of that time. So it was like oh. a quote unquote Jap exploitation movie. Oh, where it was huh. like a different guy playing him, and he's like eating hot dogs, and it was a really weird, dumb movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, never heard of that one or seen it. But. Well, you know how they had black exploitation films. Yes, like, yeah, I've never heard of a Jap exploitation. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's one for every culture, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Ip Man was the movie we watched. Today. Yes, we just watched Ip Man about uh, the Ip Man. What was his name? Something Ip. They, they kept calling him Master Ip. Yeah. Uh, but his. He Donnie was the Sorry. yeah. Donnie Yen plays uh, Master Yip. Um, the the opening scene of this movie, I thought was pretty funny because Master Ip's just uh, enjoying his lavish home with his uh, wife and daughter, and Master Lu, another teacher of kung fu, or is that, do they call it kung fu? Uh, he had a, a style that he called. Yeah. He called it. Uh, There's, is it the martial arts district is where there's like just yeah. a street where they all teach karate outside yes, or martial arts various martial arts um in the street and master lu one of the teachers comes to challenge donnie yen's it man uh just to i don't know he wants to see why he's so powerful and <laughs> so yeah i just love I love the Ip Man character in this. He's obviously super embellished to look good. Uh, there's a, they take a lot of liberties, I guess. I didn't really read up on the differences from real life and the movie. But they... <laughs> so Master Ip's like, uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying my dinner. You'll have to wait to battle me after. Let's smoke some cigarettes and eat some hard cheese. <laughs> and then we're going to have do a some really vigorous... dinner. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll have some vigorous exercise. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, and then Master Ip just kicks his ass by yeah. mostly defending himself. Yeah, he totally kicks him, and he's like, thanks for taking it easy on me. Yeah. Yeah, Wing Chun kind of reminds me, because he's playing with one of those, not playing, practicing on one of those, like, wooden those things wooden dummies with the arms. With, like, the, yeah. the stiff arms. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to look that up, and I totally forgot about it. Uh, I've seen those in many, like, martial arts movies, where it's kind of like, for close combat, where it's like bouncing off the, kind of like, the wooden poles on this big other pole. Yeah, it's like they're doing, yeah, like, various blocks and stuff around them. And, um, he's doing that. It reminds me of, I know you've been watching Avatar. Have you gotten to Legend of Korra at all yet? I have, uh, finished Avatar. I am in season three of Legend oh, yeah. of Korra. You're catching up to me, actually. We're, yeah. I'm like halfway through four, maybe. Um, but it reminds me of the beginning of Korra, where she's training, she's really bad at airbending and she's learning to airbend and they tell her no you need to like flow with the environment with the air so you like turn as things are hitting you and that reminded me of wing chun wing chun and avatar like a lot of the different firebending and like airbending is based on different martial arts so that was kind of cool seems that way as far as like kind of stylistically yeah um yeah i just like the beginning it uh we establish uh man pretty easy on um he he's made to be out a very likable character he likes to invest in local business he doesn't fight for pride ever um he just he doesn't spend enough time with his family and that's what his wife really wants him to stop fighting and just spend time with the family yeah i thought at first what they were setting up that he didn't really want to fight but it seems like he really does but his wife doesn't want to him to yeah, it's almost like, I don't know, like a reverse psychology type of thing or something. He doesn't want to fight for pride, but everyone's like, practice with us, Master. Yep, you're the best, you're the best. He's yeah. Like, uh, and he just kind of pretends that he's reluctantly going to do it, but it sounds like he does it every day. Yeah, it seems like he really wants to, but he's like, no, no, well, maybe just like for a minute. And then he just does it, and he's like, it seems like that's where he's his happiest, seemingly. Yeah, um, the the guy who works at the restaurant is always challenging him, and he seems to frequently come over, so it seems like a habitual thing all the time. I wanted to know, where does Ip Man get all his money? Because he lives in this really nice house. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, so how does he make, Does because he, he doesn't have students. Right. I don't, can't really tell, his wife doesn't seem to be employed, so maybe people just give him stuff, because I know... Later on, people give him a ton of stuff when he beats up, like, that weird bandit guy. Yeah, he just comes around. <laughs> yeah, He's he beats like, up. out of a different movie, seemingly. Yeah, um, the challenger who comes in, they want to open up their own martial arts school. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. They, because when I read the plot of this, it said a Japanese challenger... Uh, recruits Master Ip to see what's better, Chinese martial arts or Japanese martial arts. And I thought this bandit at the beginning was that challenger, but yeah. turns out, no, there's a big war, and it's yeah, like, is it World War? World I'm War Two, I believe. Yeah. I'm very bad at history. <laughs> yeah. Because Japan takes over. Right, China. yeah. yeah. And, and World War One. Yeah, he is a very aggressive um 
Man, it's Cam Cam Shan Chu is his name, I guess. Uh, and uh, it, it was kind of interesting to see people who were like in very modern suits and stuff, and then see all yeah. these guys who looked like they like came out of like fucking like Crouching Tiger, like like bandit, <laughs> like loose monk garb. Yeah, and there does seem to be when they're fighting some like crouching tiger work almost where they're like flipping over people and like kicking them in the back of the head or something yeah um there does definitely seem to be some wire work in this which i want i was hoping like i want to see a pure martial arts movie with like no quick cuts just like long choreography which is has a few but um the scene where yeah this guy comes and challenges all the the masters in foshan it's some of it just does get to like crazy yeah. feats at some point. Yeah. Also, when he's fighting Master Ip with his sword and Ip is using like a cat of nine tails or something. <laughs> yeah, he's just like whipping him in the face with like a feather duster. Yeah, yeah. maybe a cat of nine tails. Yes, I like that part. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, they. Um, yeah, when he's he first goes and he challenges uh, one guy, one master in the martial arts district. And they just do, like, close combat fighting. And he beats the crap out of them. And then he yeah. goes to the next master. And the next master's like, all right, I'll take you on. And he, like, takes out a sword. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is escalating quite far. They're going to murder each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of get it. Because some martial arts, like, are weapons styles. So I, I kind of yeah. get it in a way. You know. But I'm like, for a sparring match, that seems kind of... Intense, yeah. like, he could have used, like, a broom or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, he takes out the whole staff. It's, staff it's like, the... bulge or whatever, like a nag- naginata or whatever. Yeah, oh, that's what it's called, right. Naginata. Um, yeah, I did um, have the thought, though, when, like, everyone's trying to get these guys who are challenging them to go away. Like, Master Rip, you gotta beat it for the prime. Like, they're just, these are, like immigrant chinese people just trying to start a new life and open a business <laughs> they're yeah. just like get away foreigners get out of here yeah i mean they, they although they are, are they fighting they come in, yeah. yeah they do definitely come in hot <laughs> they have the wrong mindset they're like we need to prove we're the best by beating the shit out of everyone and it's like good luck with that and they should have been like great and they would have <laughs> had a school yeah because they already yeah. beat up all the other ones so it's like i mean they had a reputation of being good. Yeah, yeah, they could have made their mark. Yeah, and then <laughs> they they replace all the stuff in the house that they broke. Uh, then there's a hard turn in the movie. <laughs> yes, this was also surprising because it's just, it just turns to like a war movie, pretty much. Yeah, like, not a CG o- movie. Yeah, it doesn't show any of the war though. <laughs> well, it shows them like having once invaded, but. Not knowing this was a true story when I was watching it, and they're like, and then a war happened, and Mr. Ip or Master Ip lost all his money and became homeless, and then it's just the next scene, he's living like on the streets. I was like, show, don't tell, though. Like, you, I'm not reading a book. And I guess being as it was based on true events, being as it, the war is not the focus of the movie, Master Ip is, it makes sense that they were just going to jump to his 
next point in the story. I would like to see his like house being taken over though, and him being kicked out of it, maybe. Yeah, I, I imagine it's it's a miserable thing to watch though. Yeah, you know, a, probably a gruesome war where they're being taken over. I mean, they do show some stuff where, like, people are being gunned down and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but his... I guess, so is his... How, is it his place where all the, like, yeah, tournament they, stuff's taking place? Uh, I end? remember saying, like, they turned his house into, like, their headquarters. So I right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't recognize it when he was... went back there. I mean, it was taken over by a bunch of Japanese... World War Two soldiers. Yeah. Uh, I find he's forced to get a job too. Yeah. Right. He goes to work shoveling coal, and he finds um, Lynn from the restaurant. I think. Right. And then the police officer, once a police officer, now turned uh, Japanese interpreter. Yep. Yeah. Comes to recruits every. All the uh, Chinese at the work site. He recruits them to fight because they, they're um, the general Miura of the Japanese wants to prove that Japanese martial arts is you know superior. So he just it's like recruiting a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, if we, if, I guess we can rush through it if we really want to. He he ends up in a situation where he's, he's made to fight this general inevitably. Yes. Um, um, with some a lot of flashback, quick cuts to him using that same dummy doll and him like beating the shit out of the general, which was inevitable. He held his you... own briefly. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think Ip Man was letting him because his life. When he goes to fight the general in front of everyone, it's like um, the colonel says, "Like I'm gonna kill you anyway. Whether you, if you beat him, I'm gonna shoot you, and you're gonna die." Yeah. Um, so he doesn't have much of a choice. I. What did you think about the um, cotton mill B plot in this? Um, when the bandit guy came back, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Like he's gonna be a good guy because he's stealing." Like supplies for the Chinese, right? And yeah, and I'm like, oh no, he's still an asshole, and he's like stealing stuff from his like you know compatriots. That's not cool, and he's also beating the shit out of the the cotton mill workers. Like it was interesting that he, you know, it man took on students, but I'm kind of like, it. I don't know. It's meant to force him into action, but I'm kind of like, you gave us the stuff without much like real. You know, it didn't have much of a resolution to it, other than just like the resolution of the movie, which coincided with, right. I guess, the area being freed. Apparently, because they beat up these ten soldiers with their like ninety people, right, or whatever. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't. I just feel like it wasn't necessary at all. This cotton mill B plot, but again, I didn't know the true story when I wrote these notes. Um, was that yeah. true? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So we don't even know. Well, like, did he they, fight a general? I don't know. I think he did fight the general. I think that part's real in real uh, life, and he beat the living shit out of him. Yeah, because I believe most of the sequels are also 
pretty true. Well, not pretty true, but they are based on like the events after. Because I know, like, it's like, it looks like Ving Rhames or something in the second one. It's like a very large black man. As... Um, it's like <laughs> the, the guy you fights. Oh. Well, like, yeah, he, I saw he... the picture of it. I didn't see the fight. Yeah, he goes somewhere. Like, one's about him opening a school in the U.S. One is, a... they all have, like, different themes of his life. Um, But, yeah, the... Him, the cotton mill that has he invested for his brother-in-law or his brother, I can't remember. Um, I mean, maybe it was to show he like unified everyone by teaching them to defend themselves against those bandits. I don't know, but yeah, it just wasn't. I just didn't feel like it was super necessary. Also, when the bandits came out and robbed the first time, I was like, "Is that the Axe Gang from <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle?" It, yeah, it, it had the same <laughs> kind of feel to it. Yeah. I was like, is that the joke in Kung Fu Hustle? Like, I think Kung Fu Hustle came before this movie. So yeah. I, just, I guess the Dax gangs are real things, maybe, in Japan. I don't know. Yeah, apparently. Like, people just carry around their hatchets. Um, it happened in um, like a Snowpiercer, too, where they had a bunch Yes, of <laughs> I thought about that, too. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the weapon of choice. I mean, they're small, and they can do a lot of damage. So I kind of get it. And yeah, you can throw them or just carry them around. Uh, yeah, I, I have actually, weirdly, I think a few years ago, I watched like all the final fight scenes. So I ha- I didn't know that was anything about it. But I have seen him beat up that guy before, beat up the general. Uh, I, so I did see, like, I knew he beat the living shit out of him once the kind of setting was established. And I remember at the final move, it's like, he just kind of like hits his fingers like away yeah. from his face or his neck or whatever. Yeah, I felt like uh, the hits, when they hit each other, you feel it. It's like, what crash? Yeah. Yeah. Good sound design there. I know in, like, one movie, he fights, like, this massive, like, boxer kind of guy. He's, like, full muscle. And he's, like, the ref's, like, hey, no kicking. So he has to, like, just hit him. And it's a Ouch. tough fight. Because <laughs> he's just, like... You know, packing on the muscles. It's like, no throat hits. Oh, they man. Keep going, like, things he's not allowed to do or whatever. How can you wing Chun? Everyone can't wing Chun tonight yeah. with those rules. <clears throat> so what do you give it? I give it I give it a G. I'll probably watch the other ones. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I liked Donnie Yen in it. He said he wasn't going to do any more, and then he did three more. Um... So I'll watch those. I'm definitely more invested now that I know it's a real thing. <laughs> and he taught Bruce Lee. And I want to see the movie where he teaches Bruce Lee. Uh, but yeah, it's a G from me. Yeah, same. I, I enjoyed it. I'd be interested in seeing the rest. Um, I kind of just, I feel like if I just watched the fights, I'd be fine, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, the fight where he takes on 10 people. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. But I do hate fights where it's like one versus ten, and he's like fighting three at a time, and then seven other people are just standing there, not doing anything. Yeah, and he I, he got really brutal on them in that one. He'll break yeah. his arms and stuff. And yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he didn't take even take the rice at the end. Yeah. Well, he took yeah he took the dead guy's rice who they shot. Yeah. Yes. Do you think brush. those little punches hurt? I was thinking about that. Like, the ones where he's, like, really close, and he's like... Uh, One-inch like, punch? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's 
a flurry of blows. Like, That's why it's a and d move. Flurry of blows. Yeah, the whole time I was like, that probably doesn't feel like that much, right? Uh, uh, I can't... Uh, maybe not. I'm not that strong either. So. Yeah. I don't know. I was looking at him like, I don't know. It seems like... I, I get it because it's meant to show his speed. But when I was thinking about, like, does that really hurt? Maybe not. No, yeah. I mean, maybe he's just hitting their lungs a lot, and then they get the hiccups, and it makes them harder to fight. Yeah. That's, I, that would kill me. <laughs> Throw me off. I'd kill myself if I got the hiccups while fighting someone. <laughs> yeah, I give this a G. Um, Donnie Yen's really cool. I, uh, have you ever seen Hero, that Jet Li movie? No. no, I haven't seen a lot of Jet Li movies. I should watch yeah. more. He's a good one to get into, also. Yeah, I've seen a good amount of Jackie Chan movies. I don't know if you call them kung fu movies, but yeah, Jackie Chan. Um, Jet, the only Jet Li movie I can remember. That, oh, I've seen two. The one. Um, the, the one that's one of them, oh. and uh, the Mummy four, three or four, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's. I don't he, and he said he was retired from acting, or at least maybe doing epic films. So I guess yeah. the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, was not an emperor. He had e- this emperor whole film. Series called film. like, uh, I think it's called Once Upon a Time in China, which was this kind of like epic series based on like ancient China. That always looked kind of interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get. More into his stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. to the great pretender. <laughs> yes, uh, this this uh, anime TV series, um, Netflix original. Yes, but uh, is that uh, Freddie Mercury at the end? I thought it was. I don't even know. I the didn't... ending. Maybe I don't know if I paid enough attention to it. Um, but yeah, I had I guess I had, I had seen commercials for it. this. There's like two seasons already, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Is it all done? It says, oh, they, oh, yeah. The anime is already done. Um, that's it. It's over after that. Uh, yeah, but I had seen this a couple times and never really caught on to it, but this is a anime series about con artistry. Yeah. Um. Is, is it con art, though? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard Very for me to tell. It is a good looking show. A lot of yeah. good, like, lens flare stuff. Animation is very good. Um, I found the... English translation thing to be weird. I don't. Oh yeah, I had trouble with that too. And like, I think at minute ten or so, it it says something like uh, it gives like an editor's note. Yes, the <laughs> show abruptly like, stops. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like everything will be translated into its original language or something at, yeah. from this point on. I was like, why didn't you just start with that? It would have been fine if you just did yeah. that the, for the first ten minutes. Because the first ten minutes they're going back and forth between Japanese and English. Some of it's subtitled, some of it's not, and then it just all goes to Japanese with subtitles, which is fine. That's how I typically will watch. Just give me that. 
So do you, uh, you did watch it in uh, Japanese then? Yes. Okay, I was wondering if it, if it did that in English too. Like if you're watching the English, does it do that also? I wonder. I have no idea. I didn't even check if there was an English option. I just, I think, defaulted to that for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd call this art. Well, the show is art. What they do, is it art? I'm not sure. Because it starts in media res, I know that. What's that? Uh, in the middle of, I think, something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, Makoto. Makoto? Makoto. Yeah. He's um just doing kind of some small-time con artistry in Japan. Working with a partner, um, some old guy who he's been working with a while. And we see, I think the... This is one of the second or third episode has like a flashback to how he met his partner and how they started together. Um, but he ends up uh, meeting a new partner who is an enemy at first, they're enemies, and then fool each other and then start speaking Japanese. Yeah. Um, Laurent. Laurent? Laurent. Yeah. I've been saying uh, Laurent. Laurent, yeah, oh, that makes more sense. That's a con artist name. Or yeah. Fake name, if anything. Laurent Thierry? Thierry? Yes. Who is an ex. Oh, yeah, he's, he's French here. So, yeah, he is. That is Laurent. Laurent, then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it had a really cool jazzy opening, too. I do like the opening. I always like okay. a jazzy cowboy bebop kind of style. It kind of had like yeah, a nineteen fifties cartoonish feel, like minimalistic thing, like um, kind of like the Incredibles does. If you remember, like the artwork for some of that. Yeah, or um, uh, Pink Panther cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's all, all like silhouette or like exactly uh, spy versus spy kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. I always like that. Uh, I think Cowboy Bebop had a similar esque. Yeah. Or, yeah. Same jazz opening too. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they're trying to swindle uh, the old man and uh, this guy Makoto Edamura, trying to swindle this man who is seemingly an American out of his wallet. Uh, it does not go well. He gets swindled. Uh, he has like a five step swindle going on apparently where it's That's... like he's trying to swindle this woman out of her money by selling her like a crappy uh, water filter. Yes. The... Yes. <laughs> this is, I'm not it sure. It's like this... deep in. Yeah. And this, I, I, uh... <laughs> I find this a lot with con artist things and con movies where people are pulling cons on each other. And I found this a lot with this and it peeves me. It peeves me off. It, it's always like you start in the middle a lot and then you're like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? Or how has this happened? And then it just cut. The narrative goes, well, you didn't know they did this before. And it cuts back and explains everything before then. It's just like, God damn it. Like, I, it's, it's easy to write yourself into a corner if you can just say, well, in the past I did this and, you know, it's all set. Yeah, I mean, I guess in that situation they're writing themselves out of a corner where they're 
being like, see, we got here. How did we get here? Well, here's how. Yeah. I just feel like with this show, Laurent was always like, well, I was one step ahead. I just didn't tell you. And yeah. now we're going to be okay. Jeez. Like, oh, like the, the end of the third episode. Well, we'll start. Because we still haven't introduced the other character, Abigail. Yeah. Who's also, you don't know, she's one step ahead. You don't know she's in on this. And they introduce her. And um, Laurent's been, you know, working this, I don't know, con terms. <laughs> there's the one episode of Community where there's a, a con artist class. It's one of the worst episodes. <laughs> so that's like where I, I, his target, I don't know. Laurent's had this target who's like a movie producer and he's... Also a, uh, I don't a drug know, dealer. yeah, drug tra- a trafficker of many bad things. So Laurent's yeah. trying to sell him this uh, synthetic Japanese drug that don't, I don't think exists at all. Yeah, <laughs> but he's that's the con. And... I did see a DiCaprio reference in there where he's like, DiCaprio is too expensive or something like that. Which mm-hmm. I kind of, I was like, oh, that's cool that they're kind of referencing actual people yeah and not just uh fake actors yeah um but yeah they yeah so and apparently he's he's been trying to get makoto for a long time (laughs) it all seemed like an accident and that um that con that went wrong for him when he was trying to take his laurent's wallet but little did we know it was all part of laurent's plan the whole time like everything seems to be (laughs) He was being scouted by the old lady that he thought he was conning. Yes. <laughs> Called, and her nickname was Dynamite Body, I believe. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, she's just old. She's like lady. older, bigger lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all wearing special watches now yeah. just to be part of it. And that's how you know. Oh, okay. Look for the watch. Um, but yeah, that's the. It, the con was actually a con against Makoto, and he's um his partner and this lady were no his was his partner uh was he in on it was in on it later when he tried okay, to yeah. get him like out of the apartment with um uh his like old work buddies or whatever who had detectives come and look for him right yes because uh, yeah he does everyone starts getting in on it because. Then there's other parts where you think, oh no. <sighs> oh no. Makoto's in for it this time, and then no, Laurent had a plan. He had recruited people in the past to propose as uh workers that could verify those credentials. Uh, but yeah, they're trying to con their way through this um, synthetic drugs and push it on the producer, and they end up having it tested on um, this girl that the producer's hanging out with by the pool, Abigail, and she ends up going nuts, going crazy, act, like tripping out, tripping balls, like nuts, and tripping nut balls. And he's like, oh, this this stuff must be great. Um you can take her, whatever, just uh, get me more of this. I'm like, all right, oh, I'll work on it in the lab. And then it turns out, oh, she was recruited by Laurent previously. She's been a plant the whole time. 
And then, I don't know, where do we go from there? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I think... Abby's with Laurent. They find... Mako also finds out that he's been kind of been conned for several days. Uh, and it starts where it began, where he's being... He's hanging from the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the end of the first episode. Yeah, so the second episode must be the flashback to how he got started, because he falls yeah. on his head off the Hollywood sign. Yeah, Joe's his relationship with his, I'm guessing his mom. Right, uh, yeah. Which was she, a bummer. It was. She's telling him he can do anything, right? Yeah. And it kind of covers that he is like a, a bad relationship with his father. His right. father might have been some sort of criminal, and that the background, his background would affect him, because people wouldn't want someone yes. who's like, you know, of the same kind of ilk as his father. Right, right. He thinks he's working for a legitimate company, I think, and then the company find, you know, ends up being like a front for something else, or it's like it's commits fraud of some sort, and yep. then he ends up being treated like his father and people are like well what did you expect which is a real bummer <laughs> and then his uh, spoiler his mom dies mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's his mom uh, yeah I would assume so yeah and then he just you know if he can't get a job because he committed fraud and he can't convince anyone it wasn't his fault then he's just he's gonna embrace it yeah uh, then it kind of cuts back to present day there and I wrote Vibrant colors in Seaside Cafe, which is, it looked really cool when they're in that cafe. It's very, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a, uh, like a Magritte painting or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good colors, good um, environments, like setting scenes in this. I mean, it's in LA, so it's nice and oceany and colorful and bright. Yeah. And Makoto goes, like, he starts talking about how he's worried. He's like, I never wanted to get into drugs because he thinks he's taken one of the drugs and it's affected him. And then uh, Abby pretends to be on the drug to show him that it was all an act. Yes. Uh, and that the drug is completely fake. And they're, they talk about uh, how this has all been a plan uh, and that they're actually scamming. All the people that they scam are bad guys. They scam people mm-hmm. who deserve to be scammed. They're the Dexters of stealing money. Yeah. Instead of murder. Robin Hoods. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Considering our current things, I guess. Yeah, the game. I was thinking of the game GameStop. GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, then they kind of. Uh, he, get, he tries to run away from this situation. Uh, and he gets in a fight with Abby, and later they're like, we have to go back to talk to the producer, and then he never comes back, and they go and find the producer, and he's already there hanging out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and little did they know, he he pushed, he did his own con, and, you know, it's, um... Yeah, he doubles the price. Yeah, yeah, I forgot how much it was. It was, it was a lot of damn money. It was, like, ten million... Yeah. 10 million yen, which is like, oh, 
or maybe it was a hundred million yen. Yeah, which would be ten. No, no, yeah. I just, I just had to buy. I just had to convert a bunch of stuff to yen too. I can't remember. I remember the exchange rate was pretty much the same. Yen to cents was pretty similar. Yen isn't yen more than dollars though. Yeah, yen is like cents, pretty much. Yeah. Like a yen is almost equivalent to a cent. It's like point yeah. nine. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. or is it? Or maybe a cent. The exchange rate is very close. I can't remember yeah. which one's close. It fluctuates. By the time this yeah. comes out, it'll be different. I'm sure. Probably. Uh, yeah. They recap. The next episode recap follows Mako instead, or Makoto. I kept calling him Mako in my notes because it's shorter than writing Makoto. Yeah. Uh, and it shows, like, he he looks at all these producers' movies and, like, figures out a way to convince him by, like, comparing his movies to, like, a baby that he cared about oh, and comparing right, the right. drug that he's pretending to be the drug's creator. Yeah. So he's like, "This is my baby, and I care about this, or whatever." Uh, and he gains his trust to, you know, add to the price. It's a car chase. They find out that the car chase is botched by a detective who is corrupt. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, we're introduced to the FBI lady. Yeah, and she takes over, and she knows that this guy is corrupt, and her team takes over. Uh, and everyone flips her off when her back is turned. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, no one likes her really, but she seems to get the job done. Seemingly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they decide to renovate the drug lab. They're like, "Hey, the issue with drugs is that the drug maker isn't here, so you have to tell us how to make the drug, and the drug is fake, so they have to figure this whole thing out." <laughs> yes. And they're staying with uh, the mo- this like the bodyguard Salazar, right? And yeah, they're gonna. Well, first they send people to check uh, Mako's Makado Makoto's yeah. uh, credentials. They're like, oh, you say you're this doctor and you're this scientist and you work here, so we I sent my men here." And, oh, Laurent's one step ahead, and he got a uh, dynamite body and uh, the old partner to pose as uh, employees there. And, you know, say, oh, yeah, Makata's, he works here. He's just on vacation or some shit. So that was, that was one of the things I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, I guess, guess that was taken care of. And then... So, yeah, they're trying to get Makoto. All right, you are that guy. Well, then make us the drug. And they bring him to the, the warehouse drug lab. And he's like, Makoto pulls this out of his ass. And he's like, I can't. This is disgusting. I can't work here. I must work in my clean environment. I'm a scientist. Damn it. I need the spick and span. And, well, uh, producer's going to give him what he wants. You know, he wants that drug. So he's like, you know what? We're going to recreate your lab perfectly for you. And that's kind of where I ended. That was the end of the third episode. And I figure Laurent's got something planned. And he's already got a trick up his sleeve. And there's no tension to be built from it. That's kind of... I kind of... After everything... Yeah, there's definitely formulaic, definitely. Yeah, every time a problem came up, I was just like, well, I know they're going to... Laurent's going to have something... That he's already thought of and he's already taken care of it. 
Yeah. So I just I felt like the dramatic tension kind of got taken away after that happened so many times. Yeah, that's fair. Otherwise, did you enjoy it? <sighs> Not really. I didn't okay. hate it, but I it just didn't stick with me really. Right. The animation's good. I'm actually even looking at a poster right now, which is beautiful for it. Um, yeah. But it it just I I like the idea. I do like the idea of like a con man. I like how anime will just be. We're gonna do animation, but it doesn't really have to be like crazy anime. It's just um, a con. Yeah. Uh, there's no something but... more realistic ish. Yeah. So I like the idea of it. Maybe it does get better because I'm looking. They go around the whole world, so I'd be interested to see how like the different because the LA portrayal, the setting was really nice. So I like they go to London and Singapore and Tokyo. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see how they um like draw that. So that'd be interesting to me. It's interesting to see who they con and like what the who the villains are kind of. Um, I'm interested to learn about the father and what his whole deal is, and like if oh, yeah. they just picked up this kid by chance or if they were like how long they've been scouting him. All right. I don't know. There's some mystery boxes that are intriguing to me. Uh, I I'd give it a G. I it it interests me. I do think that it is formulaic in the way that it's kind of predictable that it's like. There are no real stakes to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm still intrigued, I guess, enough to watch it. It's not super long. It's not 100 episodes. It's right. Yeah, it's only two, two seasons. seasons. Yeah, that's fair. But I think I have to give it a D. I didn't okay. hate it, but um, just didn't really stick with me very much. It's one of those ones where I watched it and, you know. It was all right. In the ending, they sing that song, The Great Pretender. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that again. Maybe I, thought I it skipped out of there. Maybe that could be. And it's uh, all like cats dancing. Yeah, see, I don't remember that at all. So yeah. <laughs> I must have not. must have missed out on it. Do you know that song? No. It's like an oldies song. I am the great pretender, pretending that I am a clown. <laughs> yeah. Nope. nope, don't know that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of singing or books. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, we more Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more Japanese. Like, it man did have it was mainly Chinese, but it was yeah. more they had Japanese in it. So we'll sure. keep going with the Japanese media here. Um, yeah. This uh, this is a band called Bandmade that we listen to. B A N D dash M A I D, like a maid, like in a maid cafe, which is what they base it off of. Um, currently. I'm listening to this band a lot. Uh, they are formed in 2014. Five female members. Um, and we this listened... Their seventh album. Yeah, seventh album. Um, just came out this year, 2021, called Unseen World. Uh, uh, my impression is you had never listened to any band made before? Uh, nope. Hadn't yeah. heard of them, hadn't listened to them. Hadn't heard of them, yeah, because I remember he Googled it and he said, oh, they're, they are maids. <laughs> and they That's their personas. They dress um, the... She's not the lead singer anymore, but um, 
I had her name up here. Where'd it go? Uh, she's the one I, uh, Miku. Miku, who does the um, vocals and guitar, kind of formed the band, and she used to work in a maid cafe. So that's what she kind gotcha. of based it off of. Um, yeah. And how did you hear of this band? So I heard of this band, I think, in a few episodes back, um, probably in the older format, I think. I had talked about I was getting really into Japanese punk music, and I this Facebook page got like targeted to me called Japanese Girl Bands and Other Music. So I just I was like, yeah, exactly, it's <laughs> all my favorite things in there, and um, I was just uh, not, Japanese girls are not my favorite things. I like female <laughs> singers and um, bands, so and Japanese culture. Uh, yeah, and I I listened to a few. I still listen to other ones, but this is probably the most successful band I listened to at the time, or at least the one that's currently putting out more music right. too. Uh, do you like this band better than like baby metal now? I do, um, because this band I feel like is more the real deal. Like these baby metal, it's right now it's just two singers and they dance and they work their asses off, but it's a like I said in the it was the bizarre episode, they're a highly manufactured band. Bandmate is like they they're friends of friends. They all knew each other. Um, the only girl that auditioned was uh, Psyche, the singer. She's the only one who like didn't know them at all. But they write their own music and they play their own instruments very very well. And yeah. so I have. I like them better than Baby Metal at this point. Baby Metal, I like the just the gimmick of it, but I feel like Bandmate yeah. is actually like they are talented musicians. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but uh, yeah, Unseen World um, has what twelve tracks, I think. Twelve tracks, uh, yeah. And uh, do you have a favorite track? I think my favorite is Giovanni. That's the tenth track. Yeah. Um, well. I have like three favorites: Giovanni, uh, No God, and Why Why Why. And I found they all have like call and response type vocals, which like Psyche, the lead singer, she'll sing, and then uh, Miku, who plays the guitar, and she does kind of the background vocals. Um, so Psyche says something, and then Miku will say something. And I love when Miku. There's so many parts where she like the music stops and she'll just yell a lyric. Like she um, says, "Don't say you love me" in one of the songs. It's just quiet for a second. And when you watch these live videos of her playing, she's like in this power stance with her guitar in a band in a maid outfit, like in front of thousands of people, and she's just screaming her lungs out. I just I love the energy from it. But yeah, like my favorite three favorite songs have her doing that a call and response, and um, you have the least favorite song, uh, Sayo Seven Sayo Naki Dori, hmm. um, or Nightingale, it's called. Oh. That is one where Miku sings. She is just the only singer in it, and I'm not a huge fan of her voice just throughout the whole thing. Um, my, that that was, honestly that was probably my most favorite. really yeah yeah I don't I like every song on here that's probably just um uh, I think my second favorite was Honkai number eleven I didn't like Chemical Reaction which was number nine which to me sounded like a shitty version of Seether yeah I'm not huge on that one either yeah. <laughs> I get that. 
which I don't like either. And I'm just like, this sounds like a song that they would sing. Um, I liked it. It's very uh, catchy. They've got like a lot of kind of bombastic kind of like stuff, and it's like got a good flow to a lot of music. This is coming from someone who doesn't play music and doesn't know that about it. Uh, technically, um, I would say if I have an issue with this band that I guess I have with this type of music as a non-Japanese speaking person is, they all kind of sound the same. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, which is like I sent you. Um, I'm a I kind of like a, a band called Kishida Kyodan and the Akaboshi Rockets, um, and. With every band that kind of does this thing, they all kind of sound the same. And mm-hmm. when they make songs, they all kind of sound fairly similar, unless they really go outside their bounds. Um, it's not bad. It's just like, give me, you know, give me your best of that sound kind of different, and then like that's all I really need. Yeah, I I understand that. That makes sense. Um, I've listened to so much of their music that I can't identify, like, oh, I know this song, but I'll know, like, this song's on this album. Like, I'll know where in time they kind of come from, but I don't... Um, and also, I I paid to stream a live show from them a couple weeks ago, and I've been spending a lot of time, like, video editing it, so I know, like, a lot... They played, like, 30 damn songs, so I know, like, a lot of their big hits now that I've been scrubbing through them and cutting them up. Yeah. Um, and have you ever gotten into the visual key style of Japanese music? Have you ever looked into that? Do you know what that is? No. It's, yeah, visual K-E-I, which is, like, they're usually very kind of uh, dressed up specifically. They all have, like, very specific styles. And a lot of the music can vary between kind of, like, more metal and more like this. But there's a lot of bands like those, too. Uh, yeah, there's probably this other band. Love, I don't know if you've heard of Love Bites, but they keep being advertised to me, Maybe. and they're they're very similar. They're another Japanese 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 female band that, um, and they're all like dressed in like Viking gear or something, yeah. or like they're wearing gold dresses. Or, probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a it's a whole community of uh, Japanese kind of style, J pop, J rock kind of yeah. stuff. Um, I'm also a fan of a band called. Sushi My Mary, I think. It's, uh, they've got a bunch of good stuff, too. I mean, this kind of music has been around forever. Like, Shonen Knife was something that was, like, also kind of around, uh, I think they collaborated with, like, Kurt Cobain or something oh, weird like cool. that. I have to look into that. Kurt yeah, Cobain, but they, they have a completely different sound. It's more like, um, a little bit more poppy, but they do also some weird covers and stuff. Cool. Yeah, I do love um the drummer of Bandmade. Not it's a it's an admirable love. She like the double bass kicks she can do are just insane. If you ever watch her drum, she is just like nuts. And she like it's like nothing to her because when she was doing that live stream, she's just like banging the hell out of these skins and she's just goofing off for her camera the entire time she's just making faces and just like it's like nothing to her so uh, much respect for these ladies from me um but yeah i i give it a g all the way the through i constantly listen to them right now might be one of my favorite bands 
at the moment. I give a G. Uh, My tip would be go on Spotify and find like a playlist of a bunch of bands in this style. Because I feel like if you listen to this band over and over again, it's just kind of like, I don't know. There's just something to it where I'm like, "Eh, you need some more. For me personally, I think I need some more uh, difference in my stuff I listen to. Yeah, there's definitely uh, there's a band-made radio on Spotify. You'll check that out. Yeah, there you go. It's right on there. All right. Mm. Now for a different type of uh, <laughs> Japanese yeah. uh, type of thing. I told you about this uh, and how it relates to some modern, more modern media. Yeah, this is the way. Woo-woo. The Lone Wolf and Cub, specifically the first graphic novel or around there, The Assassin's Road. Yes, apparently this is actually, this is the um, redone American version I learned, because I, okay. I found a bit of the like 1980, oh 1970, wow. Um, yeah, I found the 1970 version, I, I saw a couple pages, and I had already read a bit of the like one that we'd read, and I was like, this yeah. isn't the same. <laughs> like, Do you mean like the drawing isn't, or the, the language isn't? Uh, the drawing isn't. It's different oh. panels. It's different pages. Yeah, okay. it's yeah. So I, I don't know how it was done because this is it's a manga, and I was trying to read it the way that you read one, but it was already laid out for U.S. eyes. Yeah, <laughs> my English eyes to read left to right, from front to back instead of right to left, back to front. Uh. Yeah, I used to have one of these. Like the graphic novels are very tiny. Like they're probably they're like a pocket novel size. Uh, and they're really cool, but I, I couldn't find my copy. Oh, really cool. down. But yeah, it's about Ito Ogami and his son Daigoro. They are they are paid assassins uh, yes. who are paid job to job to kill people. <laughs> For various reasons. Yes, and this takes place in the 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 Edo. There was a big like forward Edo period. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's. It's supposed to like be historically kind of accurate for the time. Yeah, I mean, as far as it sounds like it, if I compare it to like playing Dynasty or playing Samurai Warriors. Hey, they're all coming out for Switch now, apparently. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, he's an assassin, and he's, you know, pushing his baby around. <laughs> he's three... Di- Diagoro's three years old, at, yeah. I believe. He helps his dad with the assassinations. Weirdly. Yes. Um, I can't... He pretends I, to be drowning. Yeah, I specifically remember the drowning one. I can't remember if there's another one. I know the first one. Well, not the first one. I mean, Ito's killing people a lot of times. <laughs> um, but uh, there's in the first chapter, he uh, willingly kind of gets caught there. Um, he these people hunting him find this letter like oh one of our spies say 
this man is traveling with a child and he's an assassin for hire. And we can identify him because he's pushing his kid around all the time. And then when they all capture him and, you know, corner him, he's like, huh, well, guess what? I sent that letter. Fuck you. <laughs> he just like wastes all of them. Yeah. He just like willingly gets himself and his son like cornered all the time. But... Yeah. Seems dangerous. Yes. <laughs> Especially since Diagora was playing with a gun for one of them. Yeah. But uh, hey, maybe he unloaded it first. Maybe Ito was like, no, we'll unload that, and then you use that as a prop. Yeah. So this is supposedly used as kind of uh, um, inspiration for the Mandalorian series. It's popular now. Uh, did you see any similarities? Uh, yeah, or I'm where sorry. they might have gotten some of the inspiration. I mean, yes, Mando's an ass- a bounty hunter, te- technically. Well, not always an assassin, because some- he-, he brings him in hot, or he brings him in cold. That's what he tells people. And um, so, yeah, Mandalorian, he's traveling around with uh, Baby Yoda. Um, but Baby Yoda's not his kid. He is kind of his responsibility and his ward. Uh, I get the feeling is not his kid, honestly. Really? That Yeah, I can I see that. I kind of felt that, yeah, because he, he said something, he does call him his son, but I'm kind of like, I don't think this is his kid. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a reveal. Um, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean... There, yeah, it's more that um, Baby Yoda is being hunted rather than uh, Mando himself, I guess. Mando's there to protect him, so it's not exactly the same. Maybe I have to read more of Lone Wolf and Cub to see if there's any more similarities. Yeah, there are um, 15 novels. So. Yeah, <laughs> it goes on for a long time. Um, but... Yeah, I couldn't really see much more than, you know, him fighting a bunch of people with his his baby next to him. Uh, I didn't see the older art. Did the art look the same? The same artist? Yeah, I think it looked better. It might have been, I think in the new one, the US one, I think they just condensed it. Oh, okay. Um, But... Yeah, it like starts out with Diagoro playing with a bouncing ball, and it, it does look really nice. Uh, I think it feel like there was more detail to it. But I'm not sure. I, I like I say I think they condensed it, but at the same time, I thought I read that the U.S. version had more pages to it. So I don't know exactly. Um, I'm curious about that now because I I, have, I did like the series, and I do like you know obviously samurai stuff like like a vagabond on here earlier uh how do you did that compare to you yeah i do i was trying to remember the name of it when i was reading this actually i was like i know what was the name of the other manga we read um for this vagabond okay yeah i think um i think i like vagabond better actually to be honest um art wise and story wise i got lost in this uh in lone wolf and cub uh, some of the vocabulary uh, yeah. Also, yeah, and there's a foreword that says like we kept some of these words in their original dialect because it makes more sense. 
okay. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't help them. <laughs> I don't know where they are still. And like, who is this person's like leader? I don't understand. Give I didn't read. It's a glossary, read. man. Yeah, I, I would have appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I did get lost at some points. I didn't. I could have read it in a better format too. It was hard to look at these tiny people. Yeah. But overall, I, I I don't know if I'll continue reading it. I'd like to. I think because um, I do like the art style and I I do think the story is interesting and I'd be interested to know what the next fourteen books have in store. Yeah that long and yeah 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 i think with everything i said i actually i would recommend it because i think there is something there and maybe i am not supposed to get everything right away but i would like i mean i like i mean as uh, you know, one with offspring. I am my heartstrings are tugged by stories like this, so I'm sure I'd probably like it. Yeah, if I kept going. Your son could assassinate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, all, maybe it's something lord of a castle <laughs> to aspire to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I would give it a G. Actually, yeah. yeah. It's definitely worth it. Final entry. Yes. You know Dandara. Do I? <laughs> I don't know what. You said that to me in a different. Y'all don't, don't know about Dandara. Something yeah. like that. I think I just. I heard someone say that once. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Apparently, Dandara is. A real person? Yeah, it is Um, like a Brazilian warrior. I looked that up. I peace. Like, what yeah, I had no idea. I this was also something I did not have very much direction in this game. I felt very lost. Oh yeah, um, uh, a 2D platformer and Metroidvania game developed by Longhat House, mainly known for Game Jam games, and published by Raw Fury, known for the Kingdom series, Bad North, Night Call, and Atomicrops. You play Dandara, a Brazilian woman based on the Afro-Brazilian warrior of the colonial period of Brazil. The world of salt stands on the brink of collapse. The citizens oppressed. Uh, Dandara awakens in the neo-modern world to free the citizens from oppression. The gameplay involves launching Dandara between applicable platforms, jumping with only a radial direction. No other movement is allowed. She is allowed she is also able to <laughs> defend herself with a chargeable type of energy blast. The game allows Dandar to upgrade her abilities through the use of salt. Salt is gained by defeating enemies and lost if Dandar is killed. Salt may be recovered if her body is recovered. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay, that answers a lot of questions for me because um, until... I played this in two sessions, and my, like, second time I played it, I was like, I still don't know, like, am I Dandara? And then one of the uh, NPCs referred to me as Dandara. I was like, okay, that solves that. Uh, the salt, i that's the stuff I collect, and maybe the world I'm in. Yeah. Um, but that, that's as far as I got. I didn't know... 
where I was going. Is the thing? It's a Metroid. Did you find the map? I did find the map. That so, helps quite a bit. Yes, I knew where I could go, but at points I was like, "What am I supposed to be doing right now?" Like, I'll just keep exploring and going through. But I'm like, "What is my ultimate goal? What am I trying to do right now?" I couldn't figure that out. I'm sure it, it told me the first time, and I forgot. It's kind <laughs> of vague with like I think the NPC interactions where they're like, "Hey, go out there and do this thing," and it's just like, "Go fight people," and you're like, "Okay," and you just. Yes. But yeah, the gameplay is, you know, you look at it, it looks like a 16-bit game, but a 16-bit side-scroller, but you cannot scroll. You cannot move your character left or right. Uh, You have to, you have um, like 180 degrees of motion that you can launch your character, or motion, angle, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but yeah, you can only launch her pretty much up down. You got to do these zigzaggy moves. Yeah, you can move it. very quickly through levels if you like, kind of like just hit the button. Yeah, yeah, I found myself, you know, zipping. There's sometimes you can do like quick traversal, and then sometimes where you have to do it, where you're fighting enemies, but they're shooting at you, and you have to like have a plan and move quickly and to avoid a couple of them, and yeah. Um, it says, yeah, it's a Metroidvania, which I found interesting that it was described like that. Cause I was, I was streaming this while playing this and talking myself through this. So Metroidvania, I, I don't have the actual definition in front of me, but it's a type of game where you go, you have several routes to take, but certain routes can only be opened by certain abilities. So you have to upgrade your abilities and backtrack and then you can progress to that route but in i felt in dandara you are not upgrading your character you are upgrading the environment like you go i found the the painter and the boombox or the music guy and that allowed me to move green and purple platforms so i didn't know i mean it could be further on it's possible true could yeah you could upgrade um yeah but I just I didn't know if there was another term for that. I was trying to think of it, but I guess this it does say right here it is a, a castle Metroidvania. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what we could call it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. But yeah, I that felt way it's more uh, uh, you know place oriented. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll call it a castle trade then. We'll de- uh, trademark that. Yeah, um, that Yeah, that's our intellectual property. It was Two here first. um uh, yeah it reminds me uh very much of one of my favorite games i've talked about here on celeste um similar art style and even similar game style where it's just kind of directional input you got two moves in this you can jump and shoot or you can dash and shoot celeste you can jump and dash or you can climb um but yeah uh so this had similar feel to it um and also in Celeste, you don't upgrade Madeline, the character at all. You upgrade the environment, or you interact and use different obstacles in the environment. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I beat the first boss, and I think I got those oh. first two upgrades. Well, I, when I say boss, I mean that thing that it kind of locks you into that, like... Oh yeah, the the big tanky thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. guessing that's a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that makes sense. Yes, I'd beat that one too. Fairly easy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I I only had one heart at that point, and I was like, oh fuck, this thing's gonna kill me. But you just plan ahead. Yeah, I I liked it. Um, I don't know if I'll play a ton of it because uh, I find Metroidvania is very uh, I don't know. I I don't dislike them, but I I think I'm very frustrated by them. Yeah, the backtracking can just be a lot of a slog. Yeah, um, I get that. Uh, I'll probably keep going with it though, because I'm super into the indie like pixel art style right now and this was this wasn't too frustratingly hard i picked it up pretty easily i I did die twice i did not realize you could go back and collect all your salt i did see on the map there was like a big snowflake where i died i didn't realize that the first time that's what that was and then the second time when i died i was like oh that's where i died that's and that means that's where the salt is apparently okay could have been upgrading for a while yeah, I've died a, a couple times on it, just because I've I fucked up the jumping a couple times. I've been hit by bullets a handful of times. Yeah, I I would just run into enemies by accident sometimes. And there was like some obstacles that would electrocute the place you were standing on, and sometimes I would forget that's what those did. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. shit, gotta keep moving there. Gotta do the zip-zop-zooey, that's what I coined it. But... Yeah, yeah that's that a quote from community, so it's not a hundred percent original. But I I liked it a lot. I'll give it a G. Um, I'll give it a G. Um, I don't know if it's for me specifically, but I didn't think it was bad. Like I, it is definitely interesting. It's an interesting world. Um, the NPCs are weird and kind of interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird, uh, like it's kind of like kind of a depressing environment i think yeah um, it's just like a bleak environment i guess yeah i'm interested to see if there's other environments because i was in like i forgot what it's called like the arts district or something like that it's like a rundown old uh, urban settlement and i wonder if the other levels would were going to be different than that because that was that was kind of a depressing level because it's just like a run down streets and alleys and stuff pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I wanted because yeah the first well yeah we were going through like a temple at first and then kind of the woods so get me out into some waterfalls and stuff that'd look cool so the space yeah jumping through space that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. And it's interesting, I didn't, once again, another piece of media that I was playing, I didn't know it was based on an actual character. Yeah. I mean, played with the uh, other stuff, obviously. Yeah. No, Uh, no, yeah. She was, uh, in the game, she's supposed to be liberating these people from robots. And realized she was liberating slaves. Yeah, so all our media this episode was based on true stories. Every single one. Yeah. Made. (laughs) Yep, based on true uh, story. She used to be a maid cafe. Ito Ogami, or I don't know if that's the real guy. Yep, based on the Mandalorian in a galaxy far, far away. Sure. A great pretender. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> it's all real. Could it be based on a real guy. I don't know. Yep. It's under investigation right now, so it's still under wraps. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, that that's everything we did, right? That's five reviews. Yep. Alright. And that's the end of the show. Yeah. And if you want more, you can go to wholegdshow.podbean.com or you can email us wholegdshow at gmail.com uh, facebook.com slash wholegdshow at wholegdshow on Twitter. Uh, Caleb O'Ryan does our music. You can find him on Spotify and other streaming service. And, uh, and rate and review us. Check us out. Tell a friend. Uh, I sometimes stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ink about it. I've been trying to stream more of the uh, games we're reviewing. So if you ever want a sneak peek, um, follow me. Check that out. Where can people find you, Jeff? Uh, at Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, at RewriteShaw. Uh, I also have a RewriteShaw YouTube channel, a whole GD show YouTube channel and Twitch uh, whole GD show. I also will stream those games and other games occasionally, yeah. but not often. Yeah, we're doing our farm together. You want to check us out on the farm, playing Stardew Valley sometimes. And yeah. All right. And yeah, we'll catch you, GD listeners, in the next GD episode. Goodbye. Later. Later.